put y'all together. Y'all are like a mega force. Y'all just took over every... Wake your punk ass up! This Chris Brown, I've officially joined the Breakfast Club. Say something, mother... I'm with it. The world's most dangerous morning show! Breakfast Club, bitches! Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MB. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. It's Throwback Thursday. And today, drop one of Clues bombs now before we even announce who the hell is coming. The icon. Listen, man. The legend. A whole legend. A hundred percent. Right. 100% grade A legend, okay? It's my guy. If you know anything about me, then you know that I am absolutely in heaven this morning. That's right. right. Because if it don't feel like Uptown Records in the 90s, I don't want it. Well, Teddy right? Riley will be joining us this morning. You know him from the legendary group Guy, also from Rex and Effects. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we know him from Rex and Effects. Well, that was his group. He produced Rum Shake. Yeah, yeah, he produced Rex and Effects. But Guy, of Black course. Street. Black, Black Street. Black Street, yes. He's produced numerous hits for Michael Jackson. Uh, Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. He produced for Jay-Z. He produced for so many people. So many people. New so Jack people. Swing, baby. Yeah, they, 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 he created a whole genre of music. That's yeah, why absolutely. you got to say Teddy Riley is like top three greatest producers of all time. How many producers can say they created their own genre of music? And countless remixes for people as well. There's only like two I probably put above him. And I don't even know if I put above, above. I just think they Like who? Quincy Jones and Dr. Dre. Because Dr. Dre transcended so many uh, eras. Quincy Jones. And Quincy Jones is, you know, Quincy Jones. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Put, those, those, are, those are my three. Has anybody watched this Quincy Jones documentary? No, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. All right. I haven't turned on my Netflix in a long time. I haven't even seen the new season of Orange is the New Black. I haven't seen... I was seen... just watching that while I was away. You know, a lot of hotels now have Netflix on the television. You can really? sign in. I didn't know that. Yeah, so the hotel I was at when I was in San Francisco, the Netflix is on the television. You just sign in and you can watch Netflix. Oh, you know the problem with Netflix? This is the problem with Netflix. That it's there. So... It's no urgency to watch anything. To watch anything. Yeah, I feel the same way. Because in my mind, I'll be like, I'll watch Orange is the New Black this weekend. I'll watch it this weekend. But yeah, I never get way. around to it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm the same it's way. It's something to be said about appointment television. If a show comes on at 9 o'clock on a Thursday, you want to catch that yeah, show. Yeah, because I'll be like, ah, I'll watch it later. It's on Netflix. I can but catch it But then sometimes again. you're like, this comes out Friday, uh, or Thursday night at midnight, and you might want to watch the whole thing Friday, and that's your Depends whole plan. Depends what it is, That was man. before. Before I was like that with Netflix. Yeah. I think because it was new. But now I'm like, that's, I'll that's, catch it tomorrow. Yeah, that's one. I'll catch it on Monday. I'll catch it on the weekend. If, if it ain't no sense of urgency for me to watch, if I don't feel like if I'm if I don't feel like I'm missing out by not watching it, I'm not in no rush. Well, well yesterday I had to host this Hustle in Brooklyn premiere party. That show actually starts on Tuesday on BET. Oh, my homie on that show, Lil Ivy Rivera. Yes, and uh, Danny Deuces. There's a lot of people on that show. It's all about hustlers, millennials in Brooklyn that are trying to make it to the next level. Okay. I got I got a question for you guys. Sorry to go back to Teddy Riley, right? But I got to do a Teddy Riley mix. Talk to me, sir. Now, I need to know your favorite Teddy Riley joint. Just pick one. I already told I you. First, I mean, I don't know if it's I my favorite, two. but I try to pick songs that are... Because are, I have a favorite guy song. I have a favorite Blackstreet song. Then, of course, I love Is It Good To You. That was my song. Is it good I mean, to you? That's my off joint the top right of my there. head, I'm going to tell you that I love Guy I like. And the reason I love Guy I like is because I listen to Guy like every damn day. 
No, Ooh. that's high five. Shut up, man. Did he produce that too? And now he's like, I like yes. the way Teddy you... Rock mm-hmm. I, I like my high five. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yes. You positive? Yes. Well, you like both I like. He did the kissing game. That's yes, right there. It says... Really? Uh, the song was... Okay. The song was written by Teddy Riley, oh. Bernard well, Bell, and Dave Way. Yeah, see, that's the other thing too. Teddy Riley was a hell of a writer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can go to, it's so many different, you can go Johnny Kemp, uh, Just Got Paid. Just Got Paid. But then I like Peace of My Love. Keep Sweat. Song. I love Peace of My Love. Get love Less Chill. My love. Keep Sweat. I want him. I want You know what I'm saying? Teddy's Jam. I want Jam. You know, Bobby Brown, my prerogative. Oh, child. So, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Listen, so. let your aunties and uncles have oh, their they time this morning. Too much. Let your aunties and uncles have their time this morning. Let us enjoy this moment, okay? Because we got the goat Teddy Riley coming in here. I just feel bad, and I'm going to tell you why. Man, shut up. I'm going to tell you why I feel bad. Why? Because it's our girl's birthday, and usually I do our girl's mix today. We're going to still rep for Cardi B. How? Because I got to do a Teddy Riley uh, mix. Because Cardi got records that play in rotation every hour on You're right. hour. You're right. Okay, well, right. Cardi will be fine. You're you know right. I mean, show us some love on social Will media. your check still clear? My Atlantic check? Of course. Okay. Drop on the clues right. bombs for Atlantic, baby. All right, just make it sure. Barty Gang cutting the checks now. They, they be a Barty Gang? From Barty Gang. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? All right, we're going to talk about the world's longest flight. How long do you think that flight is, and where do you think it's coming from and headed to? That's happening today, actually. Okay. All right, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I got die. They won't be expecting when Kappa go to slide because I told them that we put that behind us, but I lied. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front-page news. Now, tonight is Thursday night football. The New York Giants take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Should be a win for the Giants, but we'll see what happens tonight. Why, why would that be a win for the Giants? The Philadelphia Eagles are the defending Super Bowl champions. Why do why you think that's such an easy win? I mean, we got Barkley. We got Odell. I mean, and like you, had, you had in the past four weeks, too. How many games y'all won? We had to get things together. You know, <laughs> sometimes when you're new on a team, it takes some time to, you know, to, to get things together. Yeah, okay. To be able to work together. Yeah, if, I'm, if I'm Eli Manning, I ain't throwing the ball nowhere near Odell. Well, <laughs> I'm freeze you out. You want to talk spicy this weekend? All right, watch this, buddy. My goodness. All right. Well, let's talk about the hurricane. Yes, Hurricane Michael. They said the death toll is at least two people at this point in time because of the storm-related incidents. More than half a million customers don't have electricity in Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. It is now headed to the Carolinas, but it has downgraded from a powerful Category 4 hurricane to a tropical storm. So all these people don't have power, and at least two people have been killed as a result of Hurricane Michael. They're telling people that if you're trying to get back to your home, wait until they tell you it's safe to go to. There's a lot of debris in the road, a lot of places they can't even go and see if people are safe yet. Well, we wish Florida a speedy recovery. Yes, of course. Now, the world's longest flight is set to take off today. Now, New York time, that's going to be, uh, on the East Coast time, that's going to be 11.35 a.m. But in Singapore, it's 11.35 p.m. That flight's going from Singapore to New York, and they're saying it's a 19-hour flight. So People have done that before, though. No? no, this is the longest, it's the world's longest flight. So like, nobody's ever flew to Singapore from New York? Not not. She's connecting, I guess. Oh, gotcha. And they did have one before, but it was an 18-hour flight. And then they stopped doing it, and now this one's 19 hours. I heard people say they float 19, 18 hours before going to like uh, Japan or Japan South Africa. No, but and that's the Maldives your, too, right? That's connected. Now the Maldives were about 16, but you had 16? to connect. Okay. It was no direct flight to the yeah, Maldives. Yeah, this is a, the world's uh, longest direct flight, 19 I'm, hours. I'm cool on that. Ain't no need for me to be in the sky that long unless I'm a goddamn bird. When I took that almost 16-hour flight to Johannesburg, I actually enjoyed myself. I oh, slept for 11 hours oh, straight. Oh, I love it. They give you a great food. You get to sleep. You I get to watch. 11 hours. I don't think I've ever done that. I do that all the time. 
in my life. I think we're back to South Africa in November. How the bathrooms on a 19-hour flight? That's what I would need to know. Regular, like the bathrooms on any other flight. No worries. There's nothing special about it. Yeah, them. I don't like There's that. There's no shower. 19 hours. I'm definitely, I'm going to have to poop. What, what airline did you fly in? Um, I flew on... Depends what airline you fly. Because some airlines... You, they yeah, have nice yes, absolutely. Because I'm a very Mine, regular bow regular. mover. Oh, yeah, no. no. I didn't have to do that. Mm. All right, now let's talk about a New York man. He's been charged with building a 200-pound bomb that he was allegedly planning to detonate on Washington's National Mall on Election Day. Paul Rosenfeld, 56 years old. He was in court yesterday. They found an explosive device in his basement on Tuesday. They pulled him over while he was driving. He admitted that he bought black powder online and then took that to his house in New York from New Jersey and started building this explosive device. Why would you do that on election day? Like, what if the person that you actually voted for wins? Well, he was trying to, as he said, bring attention to a political ideology Mm. called sortition. What is that? It means a theory that advocates the random selection of government officials. Huh? I know. I mean. Doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of voting? I don't know what his. (laughs) What? Yeah. Who's these who are the people that are randomly picking people? I, listen, I haven't even heard of sortition before. That so. sounds like something from Game of Thrones. Clearly something's wrong with this man. Sortition is the guy that makes you the weapon. <laughs> All right, well, like that is your front page news. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night, bad morning. Maybe you just need to get some things off your chest to have a better day. And or tell maybe, your aunts and uncles that Teddy Riley will be here next hour, goddammit. Or if you feel blessed, you can spread some positivity as well. Tell your mom and daddy. 585-1051 and your aunties. The Breakfast Club, good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go! This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? <laughs> Hello, this is Flea. Flea, what's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, yo, I'm type mad about that Mike Epps episode, man. Like, Mike was talking about how he, um, if he had $500 million, like, what is he going to do? He's going to get a big house or a big car? I'm like, yo, this is 100,000 people that look just like him that are looking to be comedians that he can actually set up an institute. You know, that's the type of thing that Kevin Hart is actually, you know what I'm saying, trying to do. So he need to get off Kevin Hart and actually try and, like, you know, team up for Kevin to actually try and build something. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to my man, Cedar the God, man. I appreciate your help and actually helping me promote my little uh, short film, Proceed with Caution, that's streaming on Amazon Prime right now. A word, love. <laughs> He's like, huh? I don't even remember. <laughs> He probably tweeted him, didn't even know. I don't care, though. You know what I'm saying? That's, that, that's what help real is help. help is. Help you know is what I'm help. saying? When you're helping people and you ain't even looking for nothing in return, I even know what the hell you're doing. Hello, who's this? This is Casey from Los Angeles. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Man, I want to give a shout-out to uh, rest in peace to my big brother, Reggie, who passed over Memorial Day weekend this year, man. I've been trying to call since then, but I've been finally able to get through. It's like 3 in the morning over here. Sorry to hear that, my brother. Yeah, sorry yes, to hear rest that, bro. in peace. Our condolences. Yeah, man, thank you guys. I listen to you guys every morning, man. You guys really be help, really helped me through through my grieving process, man. You guys, I love you guys. Love you too, my brother. Love you too, my brother. You love him some you, huh? I love Hello. me some you. Hello, who's this? Uh, Hey, Breakfast Club, this is Justin. Hey, Justin. Justin. Get it off your chest, Justin. Oh, man. Don't you hate it when you have an argument with somebody and you can't remember what exactly to say or whatever, then later on you're sitting there, you're like, man. I, I should have said, said this. this. That person that yep. would shut them down right away. 
Yeah. Yeah, everybody does Maybe that. I'm sure you have that all the time when it comes to Charlamagne. You're sitting there talking to him later on. You're like, I shouldn't have told him this. Don't nah, I really her. don't. I just. Yeah, I, just, I don't think we do that here. I don't think we go to here, but more at home. Like, you ever argue with your wife? Be like, I should have said that. But yeah, that happens all the time. Envy, you shouldn't be arguing with your wife. Don't do that. That's a losing battle. Always, right, always, right. always remember in an argument, you got to ask yourself, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? And that's the, that's what I ask all the time. And that's why, you know what? Sometimes you just shut the F up. Hey, man, I'll always pick happiness. All right, Because knowing I'm right is enough for me. I don't have to prove it to the other person. Siobhan. Hello. Hey, good morning, Siobhan. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, get it um, off your chest. <laughs> Yesterday was my birthday. Oh, happy belated. Happy birthday. Don't tell her happy birthday yet. She probably didn't get what she wanted. <laughs> no, actually, I did. Um, I got to say, this year was a little bit of a challenge, but uh, for my birthday, I bought a house. Oh, now Congrats. that's a birthday Congrats. present. Congratulations. That's huge. Um, yes, yes, yes. So I'm definitely grateful for that. And I, you know, came from humble beginnings, from the Bronx, from the projects. There you go. So it definitely feels good to accomplish that goal. Well, you know all the craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. So, yes, you should pat yourself <laughs> on the back. Well, congrats, crazy Mama. Ass. We're very happy for you. Where's That's the house at? Where'd you buy that? Such an accomplishment. Connecticut. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, congratulations, Mama. Don't you go bringing the property value down to that neighborhood now. And happy birthday oh, you again. You're a mess, Enjoy the home. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Get it. Pick up the mother, mother phone and dial. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So you better have the same energy. Yeah. Hello, who's this? This is Dexton Gordon from Bagneris, Louisiana. You better hurry your ass up to the hospital, man. You about to have a baby. Your wife's about to have a baby. And you calling us? Man, I'm at work right now, bro. I'm heading on to the uh, shop and to, uh, pick up my car. Then I'm going to see my baby, bro. She's going to have a little boy. I just want to shout her out. Her name is Dominicia Smith. All right. This your first baby? Nah, this is my third. That was your third. <laughs> How old are you? Welcome to the Three Kid Club, sir. Uh, Man, yeah, bro. Congratulations to you, too, Charlotte, man. I got your book, bro. I'm waiting on that next one. Next one be out October 23rd. Shook one. Anxiety playing tricks on me. You can pre-order now. How old are you, bro? I'm 24, man. I've been driving trucks <laughs> three years, y'all. Okay. Oh, congratulations. I waited till I was 40 to have a third child. <laughs> nah, man. I'm trying to go on and get them out there early. Yeah, go on and get them while your knees still working. How many more are you going to have? Nah, this is it. I ain't having no more, man. <laughs> How no, you know? How you know? You only 24. How many baby mamas you got? I got two. I got two crazy baby mamas and a girlfriend that's going to have a baby. Oh, so you got three baby mamas? Yeah, three baby mamas and a wife. Well, a fiancé. <laughs> three baby mamas and a wife. You, you didn't name the headache you get on a daily basis. Jeez. <laughs> but thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, he's having more. <laughs> Big Chocolate. Yo, yo, what's up, gang? How we doing? Hey, everything's good, Big Chocolate. Good, good. Two quick TV things. Uh, one, I want to tell everybody in Brooklyn next week, don't watch Jimmy Kimmel's show. The biggest coming. He's uh, still upset with him for doing blackface years ago. Don't support him. Tell him kiss your black ass while you pass gas. What big, what, what big it is coming? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. To Brooklyn next week. Don't he's watch doing his, his show. show at the Barclays, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. He's a bigot. Is that where it is? Blackface Jimmy Kimmel is not a bigot. If it's right, a, if it's right, a lot of white men on TV that are bigots, Jimmy Kimmel's not one of them. We talked about that. And good luck to you, Charlemagne, brother, on your HBO show. Thank and you, And if sir. you need help, I can help. I no. think for the first no. show. No, 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 no,
no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, What's going on, you? What up, Trav? With your fine ass. I've seen you on I've seen you on the gram. Okay. Oh yeah, Trav always gives me nice positive feedback on the gram. Okay, Trav. Yeah, people be people be hating on you on the gram, ye. I know. I don't and I don't understand why. What's up, Charlemagne? What up, sis? With your fine ass. Okay. Hey, now Trav, you know how to get me hype in the morning. All right. What made you just say that all of a sudden? I hyped you up, so I had to hype you up too. Oh, okay. I thought, so you, saw, really I thought you saw a new that picture a, of me or something. You know that what was saying? a sympathy some, hype. Some new video or something. You know what I'm saying? That, that's all. I thought you saw that glow from these colonics. Listen. Voluntary. We, 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 gotta, we, we gotta put Jabalus on ice. Until we figure out what happened with him. I mean, fabulous. Excuse me. Uh, hey, like, stop! Leave him alone, man. Now, Envy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I know. I know you got a song with him, but you <laughs> listen. I want to support. I want to support your album. So we got to put him on ice until we figure out. Now we're not gonna make jokes about this. We're gonna hold all punches. Shut no, up. Fabulous, he going he, he have to take this on the chin. Shut up. Oh my no, God. Innocent until proven guilty. We're not gonna throw no jabs at him. But you think he got married? Um, that's that's the rumor, and if he did get married, I think we all know why now. But the state picked up the charges for a reason, and we're not going to ignore it. I know that's our friend, but we cannot but, ignore. But I mean, him getting married. I'm trying to figure out why would him getting married stop the charges? I kept seeing people say that. Like, well, why? Why yeah, would because, that stop the because, charges? Because Emily B has been wanting to get married all this time. He doesn't want. Her- he punched her in the face eight times. And Allegedly. 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 Yeah, but this isn't but, Emily pressing charges, though. The state picked up the charges, didn't they? Yeah, but the state picked up the charges because Emily first went down and and talked about what happened to her. And then the state pick, only picks up the charges if they feel like they can win the case. Yeah, they don't need Emily for that. That's what I'm saying. So I don't understand why everybody's like, oh, he's marrying Emily. But they, 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 they would need her to cooperate. It's no, hard they to no, they, they, do. No, they don't. It's no. a lot easier no, when someone don't. cooperates. That's why the state picked it up. Charlamagne, I can tell you that I mean, cause I've had states the state pick up charges on me <laughs> over my ex. And only reason the state so the state picked up the charges, the only reason they dropped the charges is because he didn't show up. Right. If they don't court. cooperate, there's nothing they could really do about it. That's not always the case, though. They uh, may have they may have enough evidence. They may have a video. They may have something that they can can use against Fab. They don't always need the witness. Oh well, it's a lot they, more, they it's might a lot they more might difficult. they might have pictures from that night of of Emily with bruises on her face. I don't know. I'm just saying, like you don't always need the witness. It's a lot more helpful. Guy, but we got to put him on ice. That's my guy too. He used to be until we figure out what happened. <laughs> that is very true. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye, Trav. I like the, Trav needs his own show for un, real. Until we figure out what happened, and he might not be good on his own show. He might just be good for a feature too. <laughs> let's not give him. Let's not give him his own record. Yet. All right, stop hating. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. You, we got rumors on the way. Yes, let's talk about uh, an emotional breakdown. Find out what celebrities in the hospital are getting mental health treatment because of that. Okay, we'll get into all that. And don't forget, next hour, Teddy Riley will be joining us. All right? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake the fuck up. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV <laughs> Angela yes. Yee. Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. <sighs> One day to the weekend, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, my knees hurt. <sighs> How are you doing? Scratching. Uh-oh. All right, well, let's get to these rumors. Let's talk fabulous. It's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. 
Well, last week, Fabulous was indicted for one count of domestic violence with significant bodily injury, two counts of threatening to kill, and one count of possession of a weapon, which was a pair of scissors. You guys all saw this video where Fab was brandishing these scissors at Emily B. and her father in the driveway of their home in Inglewood, New Jersey. Now, all four of those charges are for third-degree crimes in New Jersey. Each charge can bring up to five years in prison. Now, And, and Emily, uh, Emily's not... Pressing charges. Testifying, so the state picked it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. the state has picked it up. So well, they, know, did... they, they say the state will still pursue because there's other evidence, like witness observations or prior statements from the defendant or alleged victim. Right, absolutely. So uh, they are still together, though. So we'll see what happens, and we'll, we'll keep you guys updated. Oh, and we gave some wrong information during telling why you mouth. Uh, there is spousal privilege. It's applied in both federal and state courts, so a wife can you, claim you it, so testify. she doesn't have to testify. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so that's... When everybody's talking about Fab and Emily getting married, I was like, why? Why? Are they, what does that got to do with anything? But she doesn't have to testify. She can say she don't remember. She can say whatever she wants to say. She, mm-hmm. say she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to cooperate. Right. And if it's... anything did happen, we don't know. Mm-hmm. So we will keep you updated. Now let's talk about the Title X show in Brooklyn. Title has announced their lineup for their fourth annual Title X show, and that's going to be happening October twenty third. And performances include Lil Wayne, Lauren Hill, Meek Mill, Anderson Pack, uh, Normandy, Kodak Black, Tiana Taylor, Lil Skies, Black Dog, Queen Naja, The Locks, Vic Mensa, Black Boy JB, Danny Lay, that's my girl, Jay Critch. Um, so that's just some of the people f- performing. Drop on the clues box for Lauren Hill. You know why I say that? Because Lauren Hill will always finesse her way uh, the headline of the show. Even though people know she may be two hours late, Miss mm-hmm. Education of Lauren Hill is that good, and she's that much of an icon that she's worth the wait. All right, so those funds are going to support organizations that are spearheaded by the artist, which includes Little Wayne's Social Way for Change, TI's Title X Money Talk Education Challenge, and also social justice initiatives from people like ASAP Ferg, The Locks, Damian Marley, and more. All right, now let's do some mean tweets. We all get these, right? And, of course, on Jimmy Kimmel Live, that's where celebrities get to read their mean tweets. Well, here was the music edition from the American Music Awards. Tiger pants too tight. Hashtag this. I like some of Halsey's songs, but my God, she sings like a goat being in the ass. Jason Derulo sucks horse Pink is aging pretty well for a pig. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out to schoolboy Q. He ugly than a m- <laughs> For sure I am. G-Eazy is like the American cheese of cheeses. Or like the boxed wine of wines. Or some other thing. The tweets Jimmy Kimmel does on mean tweets are cute. They can go a little bit more deeper, though. There's some more, some very much harsher stuff being said. Well, yeah, we don't want to kill people's spirits. <laughs> we should do that up here one I day. I mean, you we, know got, we got to see the tweets anyway. Yeah. Like, if they're at you, you're going to see them anyway. So you might as well read them regardless of how harsh they are. All right. Now, Selena Gomez has been hospitalized twice in the last two weeks, and now they're saying she is suffering from an emotional breakdown. So now she's at a mental health facility for treatment. See, and this is what mean tweets and negative comments can do, because the last time she posted on her social media on September 23rd, she said, just remember, negative comments can hurt anybody's feelings. Avi. Well, I keep telling y'all that, uh, you know, these smartphones, these social media apps, we're in abusive relationships with these things. Like, like it's like going home every day and getting yelled at and cursed at. You wouldn't stay in a relationship like that. So People why, telling you how terrible you are, saying. you suck, this so, and that. So why stay on social media? 
Now she, well, that's why she's off right now. She did an Instagram live before she left too, in answering questions. And she said that depression had consumed her life for five years. Mm. Now what they are saying is that she was admitted to the hospital. She had um, first emergency because she had a alarmingly low white blood cell count because of her kidney transplant that she had. She was released, but then she had to be readmitted because her low blood cell count persisted. And that's when she went into a downward emotional spiral. They said she wanted to leave the hospital. Doctors said she couldn't. She had a meltdown. She freaked out and tried to rip the IV out of her arm. Mm. And they said that was an emotional breakdown. So they currently have her now in an East Coast psychiatric facility where she's getting dialectical behavior therapy. Well, prayers up for her. Mental health is wealth. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad she can help. Absolutely. But once again, I keep telling y'all, man, we painting this unattainable picture of perfection in America via social media and now that virtual reality has seeped into our real lives because we are forced to try to be perfect in real life too. That's going to cause a lot more emotional breakdowns in the future because it's just impossible to attain that level of perfection. It doesn't exist. Yeah, you know it really feels good when you go around and you give people compliments just randomly. And I do that five times a day on purpose and sometimes more if I feel so inclined. But I make sure that I do that. Like, I push myself. And it's not, not it genuine. It's not, not genuine compliments. You ever got a compliment from Angelique Enemy? I ain't never got no goddamn oh, compliment maybe from she Angelique. doesn't feel that way about you, us. You ever got one, Drum? Nope. Steve, you ever got one? I work with this woman every day. So where are these five? Uh, when do you start this? Maybe but, it's people after that, 10? Maybe it's people she like. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I try to do I it. I get to, five compliments today. Who to who? Maybe well, not you. People that deserve it. Uh, oh, so oh, I was oh, going to oh, say. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh. Gotcha. True. Okay. Right. They have to be genuine. Okay. I'm not going to make up a compliment. True indeed. Okay. Well, if you had to make up one, make up one for Charlamagne right now. Um, Your hair looks nice. I don't today. have hair. <laughs> By the way, that's exactly why I don't bless Angelique when she sneezes. Right. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> gracious. Oh, gracious. All right. All right, well, Amanda <laughs> and that's your rumor Awkward. report. Okay. But it's nice when you do it to people you don't know also, like strangers, because a lot of times we're not nice to people that you see randomly on the street and someone's looking at you, you're like, what the hell are they looking at? But it's nice to be like, oh, you look really great today, or I like your hair, or whatever. God now, you guys you. don't try this too much. Exactly, not in this meeting. Might not work for you. <laughs> I like your hair. Creep! Creep! <laughs> I'm going to human resources. Whoa. Oh, 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 all right, all right, all right. Well, let's clear this up. Now, when we come back, the icon. Man. The legend. A whole legend. 100% pure grade A legend. And I have compliments for Please, him today. Let your auntie and your uncles have this moment. All right? Because one of the greatest producers of all time, to me, top three greatest producers of all time, uh, you know, if it don't feel like Uptown Records in the 90s, I don't want it, goddammit. All right. Well, he's the, from the, Harlem. The architect of the new Jack Swing era. Absolutely. He's from Harlem. I met him out in Virginia when I was in Hampton. Of course, he lived out there for a while. First time I ever seen Michael Jackson, I walked by. Was Teddy Riley bringing him to Virginia? So we're going to talk to him when we come back. Did you back. talk to Michael Jackson? I did not talk to him. I said I seen him walk by. No, I was just asking. So no. you didn't say anything? No. No. I was out as a fan, watching like everybody else. I just oh, said, I thought he walked right past you. You walked up on no. Michael and said, your bud is mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can think of. <laughs> Teddy Riley, when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning, jerk. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Now, people like to throw that term whole legend around. But he a whole, he a legend legend. Yeah, there ain't too many whole legend legends out here in That's these right. streets, okay? Teddy Riley. Yes. Welcome, sir. What's happening, man? How y'all doing? That's everything. Teddy, I don't even know where to begin with you, man. Uh, you produced uh, everybody from Michael Jackson, Bobby Brown, Keith Sweat, Guy, just to name a few. Jay-Z. You're the architect of New Jack Swing. Where, where do you want to start? It's wherever y'all want to start. Start from the beginning. <laughs> start from the beginning. Now, you're from Harlem. 
Yes, sir. Born and raised. Now, how'd you start producing? How'd you get into music? I was always uh, trying to do something with music when my father introduced these instruments to me. Trumpet, mm -hmm. piano, guitar. I started at uh, three years old. Went to the Apollo at five. Mm -hmm. And what made me want to be in show business was when Gladys Knight picked me up on the stage singing Neither One of Us. My mom and my dad used to play nothing but James Brown, Al Green. You know, they take us down south and mm -hmm. just leave us. They would say they're going to a club and they go back to New York and leave us down <laughs> south. For the summer. For the summer. Right, yep, yep. So I had the experience of being in the south. Mm -hmm. I realized that back in the day when I wanted to get into music, I was 15, 14, 15 years old, nobody wasn't doing music. Everybody mm -hmm. was wrestling playing football. Selling drugs. It was just tough. Was oh, oh, no, no, no. Back then, it wasn't none of that. Mm -hmm. Am I right or wrong? You're right. I mean, the South, right, right, South right, right. changed yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, they just got hooked on to, like, you know, the drugs yeah, and big time. And, probably you know, like late 80s, early 90s. There you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was in the home of my mom and my dad, and it was a lot of domestic violence. And that's the reason why my mom is with me today. She lives with me. I will never leave her out of my sight. Because... She supported me through everything. Mm -hmm. You know, my father kind of fell out of it. And I guess because, you know, he's a hustler. So when it happened, I just kind of continued music, but I was hustling as well. And when I did that, I guess I wanted to get a confirmation from God to know, is this my place? And I got that confirmation. What was the confirmation? I was at the 23rd precinct, sitting in a chair, explaining to a cop what I want to be. Because he's like, you're 15. What are you doing here? what is it that you want to be in life? And mm -hmm. I told him, I said, I want to be a star. And he said, well, you're not going to be a star in here because you're about to go to Central Booking. Mm. What did you get picked up for? You had drugs on you? Yes, yeah. a lot of substance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, I had the uh, chemicals. To make it? Yeah. Gotcha. I was more of the guy who delivered. Gotcha. And Are you saying you know how to cook crack, Teddy Riley? No, it's not crack. Coke? What was it back PCP. Then? PCP, oh, mm -hmm. yeah. okay. Angel dust. I was with a crew called Shaq Crew. And uh, they kind of brought me up. You know, I didn't really have, like, a father figure when my father left. Mm -hmm. But you, who you encouraged sound, though? No, but wasn't... before that, but the, who encouraged you to get into music then? Because, I mean, you say you was 15, you was running the streets. At when I was point... small, I, I was, I wanted to be in music since I was five. No, but at what point did somebody grab you around the neck and say, no, you are going to be a producer? When did you start taking, taking it serious? Oh, I did it myself. I took it serious after my bus. So fi around 15, 16? Yeah. Okay. And then I joined a band. And that band is called Total Climax. And then we develop Kids at Work. So when we de develop Kids at Work, we pretty much, I was in both bands. So I was, that's been my thing since I started, was being in different bands, because I'm a team player. Were you so, making money? Huh? Were you making money at that time? Oh, yeah. From the band? At 15, we, we played, like, Celebrity Club. We played Ponderosa. We played mm -hmm. Jock's Place mm -hmm. and Trebekers. And we were the local band. And there was another band, Keith Sweat's band, called Jamila. Mm -hmm. And then Johnny Kemp's band called Kinky Fox. We were rivalries. So they would hit a club, go to another club, we would hit that club. And that's, you know, we made $100 was a lot of money. It was a lot of, yeah, it, it was, was a okay. lot of, that was a lot of money. <laughs> so fresh so, out of, fresh out of jail, you just started asking, telling around, asking around Harlem. I never went to jail. Fresh out of bookings. Bookings. Yeah. I, I, you just went around Harlem like, I want to join a band. Yeah, no, I went with my Casio. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had my little Casio in my hand, taking it everywhere showing people I know how to play. And then I went down to this basement where there was a band there, and they were older. And I said, man, I just want somebody to see, you know, 
check me out and see if I can play. And it was uh, a guy by the name, one my guitar player, Jerome Dickens. Mm-hmm. He said, man, shorty, if you don't know how to play, we're going to take your Casio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when he said that, I just said, you know what? You only live once, and this is the chance. So I took the Harlem Boys chance. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to play my Casio. They were like, no, you're going to play this. And they had a Fender Rhodes, mm-hmm. which was the heavy keys. Right. So I'm this 15-year-old with little fingers trying to play. <laughs> so I just said, you know what? I'm going to play with two hands. And the song was Reasons. Mm-hmm. And they're a top 40 band. So the song was Reasons. And right, the Reasons! Yeah. The reasons All right, Sean, we, we get it. We got, so, we got it. We understand. Give us your cast. So they, <laughs> they started the song, and I actually played. Mm-hmm. And Jerome was the guy that said, yo, shorty, nice. And that's how I got to join the band. Were you self-taught or you took lessons? Mm-hmm. You taught yourself. Mm-hmm. You know how to play wow. by ear? Yes. Wow. How did you create the sound? Because you, you have a, a different sound than was in the industry at that time. Mm-hmm. How did you create that sound? The whole genre, the New Jack Swing. Well, I used to have dreams, and, and my dreams were how could... I wanted to see Michael Jackson and Prince together. I wanted to see <laughs> James Brown and Al Green make a record. Just, mm-hmm. I wanted to mix it up. And being that I couldn't get what I want, I did it in the music. Mm-hmm. So I put gospel with blues, with fusion, with EDM, and mix it all up mm-hmm. like gumbo. And I didn't have a name for it. I just did it. You don't really have a name until it becomes famous. Right, and then people will name it for like, you. Yeah. Who was the I first like artist to believe? Yeah, I feel like we're jumping something, though. Like, when did you first get in the production, though? You did. You went from I, the band? When I was with the band, okay. mm-hmm. there was a, my mentor. His name is Royal Band. Mm-hmm. He's the cousin of Cool in the Gang. And he used to always take me to the studios to meet, like, Kashif, M. Tume, and all of the producers of that time, Patrick mm-hmm. Adams and Fred McFarlane, who made Somebody Else's Guy. These are all producers that just embraced me and took me under their wings, and that's how I kind of just watched everybody. And I was an assistant in the studio. And I was young, so I just wanted to go give it, just to know what all of those buttons do. Mm-hmm. I went to the store. I got the tea. So I was the guy, the running, you know, like running I ran. Paying your dues. The runners. Yeah. Would your first record be considered a New Jack Swing record? Of course. Okay. So who yes. should get? The, so you, I'm trying to figure out who should get the proper credit for New Jack Swing. You or Andre Harrell? Wow. That's wow. <laughs> I'm just asking the question. Well, it should definitely be me. Okay. Now, but was your Andre Harrell was is New a Jack part Swing of or? discovering me. Right. So when you got the person who discovered you. That makes him responsible. Gotcha. Mm. So you made the but music. But I'm 24 hours in the studio. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who, Pretty you know, sound. he's the button pusher. He's the one that made, ah, oh, that's high. And he's a visionary. I, I can't take that away from him. So you did Wild Wild West, though? Yes, sir. That wasn't New Jack Swing, though. That was Wild Wild West. Well, it was New Jack Swing. You know why? Why? New Jack Swing is so many styles and ways of doing New Jack Swing. If you have singing, and rapping on a record, you're doing New Jack Swing. This is music technology. Mm-hmm. So all of the rappers that can sing it on their records, mm-hmm. they're doing New Jack Swing, whether they know it or not, because we started it. So that's how you have to say today, New Jack Swing is in all the churches, <laughs> all of the musicians. All of Bruno Mars music. You can say. Yeah, right. You said that. <laughs> you know that, but though. Bruno, pays Bruno I, yes, he, he did. He did. He yeah. did. And he truly did. And in fact, I protected him because they tried to put me in a trick bag with, like, they were like saying he's a carbon copy. And he's not. 
He's just doing New Jack Swing his way. All right, we got more with Teddy Riley. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's Throwback Thursday, and today we have an icon, Teddy Riley, in the building. We see the Bobby Brown story. Now, is there any truth to Bobby Brown hearing the music and was like, I need to work with Teddy and him coming to Harlem to work with you and you creating his sound? It's so much more to the story. But I'm cool with it because it happened. Mm-hmm. Our story need to be told. What happened with Bobby? Tell yeah, us. Yeah, how deep did your relationship go with Bobby? Let me just give you a scenario. Do you remember the scene where he got off the bus? When he got off the bus, he mm-hmm. was thinking that everybody wanted to kill him or yeah, he was paranoid. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. There was... Oh, when he ran into the house. When he ran into the, the white guy house, he pulled out the shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. That actually didn't happen. Bobby, and I don't know if he could remember this, we were in Chicago. Bobby took a cab from the bus, met up with my band members, told my band members that, fine, I'm looking for Teddy. I need him right now. He was paranoid. He had a knot, like two knots in his pocket. All he wanted to do was see me. Mm -hmm. Like Bobby and I, we are close. Mm -hmm. And just to show you, everybody knew how close we were because when I hid him in my room and let him sleep, mind you, I used to sell the stuff he took. So I knew how to get it off of him. It's PCP. All you have to do is drink milk. Mm-hmm. Bobby was on PCP? I thought he was on Coke. He was on everything. Oh. <laughs> okay. But so milk, milk calms He PCP came down. to me. He said, yo, give me a room. He started giving me I said, no, I'm going to put you in my suite. And you'll be there. You'll be safe. We went to Soundcheck. And I get a call from Shook's brother, Shook Knight's brother. And Wes said, what's up, little man? I hear um, Bobby disappeared to somebody close. And only person I know that's close to him on this tour is you. And I said, Wes, come to the hotel. He came to the hotel and I took all my guys. They took Wes to Bobby. Mm-hmm. Bobby was sound asleep. By the time he got up, he was ready to do the show because the milk helped. Mm. So that's the part he should have shown instead of, you know, certain things that I felt like the Janet situation, you know, that's like my little sister. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that could have been taken out, you know. But I heard yesterday from BT that a lot was taken out. You looked, uh, in the movie, you looked genuinely shocked when you saw Bobby and Whitney together <laughs> on a date. Did that really happen? Um, I was the one that tried to talk Bobby out of the wedding. Really? really? Yes. Why? I don't dislike Whitney. Mm-hmm. She's a beautiful person. But I told him, I said, man... You want me to work on this second album? I got most of the songs. And you're going to get married? He's like, yeah, man, I think this is the best thing for me. I said, I'm going to give you some analogies. No disrespect to anybody I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I said, when Lionel Richie got married, and it was posted all over the place, where his record sales went. Down. Thank you. And then, Babyface, after Guilty, when he got married. So you got to look at the stats and be like, Dad, do I want to follow that? At the time, you wanted to be a sex, sex symbol. symbol. Single sex yeah. symbol. Yeah, girl, and, can have you. and all his, his fans were mostly women. Mm-hmm. So I was going to talk to him out, try to talk him out of it. And then he's like, nah, and you're going to be there too. I said, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there anyway. And I wound up getting, getting there, and he was in the room. He was in the bathroom. Wouldn't come out. Wouldn't come out. And was that your assistant? Who? The Alicia. one that went and talked to him. Alicia, that went and... They said that was your girlfriend. Or was that your girlfriend? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were seeing each other. In fact, she's the one that's on Rump Shaker playing the saxophone. Ah. Do you think the marriage hurt Bobby after giving him that advice? Of course. Really? Yeah. 
I think that if they wouldn't have got married, do you think Whitney would still be here? Well, according to the movie, Whitney had the problem, not Bobby. But still. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Whether she's here or not, you know, that would have been her thing. But Bobby would have been still doing his thing. Even though he did, but he would have been even bigger. What the album would have sold more than two million copies. Or was that story two or three true, million copies. Was he stuck in the bathroom and she got him out? And it, Yeah. In fact, she was I wasn't she was in that, that area where, where he was at in the bathroom. I was actually in the congregation and waiting for him to come and take his spot. And uh, when he did that, you know, my whole thing was, he's okay. Why did God break up? Mm. <laughs> God broke up because um, my best friend was killed in the situation we had with New Edition and Guy back in 1989. It started in North Carolina, and it was a situation where um, New Edition walked on our stage while we were singing Peace of My Love. What you mean, just walked on? like They just walked over? on. We didn't know what was going on. Right. All we heard was like, yo, don't hold me back. Uh, yo, what's up, Ted? Nah. Well, now that happened, started from there, and it went to Pittsburgh. It was no real beef with the actual principals. It was the back line. Mm. One of my guys kicked their tech guy, kicked him 10 feet off the stage. Wow. And why he did it, because that particular day, New Edition was supposed to go in before us, but they were late. And when they showed up late, they wanted to get dressed and, you know, do their thing. And they had to take, well, Al Heyman and Gene, you know, kind of decided, like, certain cities, New Edition go first. Certain cities, Guy go first. Right. So that was the day that New Edition was supposed to go first. When all this happened, it continued in Pittsburgh. When we drove into Pittsburgh with my bus, it was all on the news. Guy by the name of Anthony B. from New York's, you know, Harlem, New York, he got shot in the revolving door of the Marriott Hotel. And the guy that shot him was a pro because he didn't miss. And this guy, my best friend, I went to the funeral. Nobody came to the funeral. Wow. And um, Michael Jackson called. Everything happened at the same time. Michael Jackson calls. So I, I asked Q-Tip, could I use this room to make music for Michael? I didn't tell Michael I was quitting the group. We had a show at Madison Square Garden. And that was my last show with Guy, 1990. And... When I quit, I left the next day to go work with Michael. So you quit because you felt like they weren't there for your man? Well, for him. They weren't there for, for me. For you either, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they knew how much he meant to you. Wow. Yeah. So new addition, guy beef led to somebody getting killed? It wasn't really a beef with us, though. So but it was the gotcha. organization. Gotcha. So, yeah. So before we get into Michael, how did you reconcile with the rest of the guy? This is like a love-hate relationship, you know. I really, really love those guys, man. And I'm, I'm really trying to work it out because I feel it's important that people see Guy. And I'm saying this nationally because I'm tired of being hated on in my own camp. Is it because they're brothers, so they kind of team up on you a little bit? It's a majority rule thing. Right. So every time it's time to vote. It's two versus one always, right? <laughs> You're never going to win that one. <laughs> and I didn't mean to come here and talk about that because, like I said, I have strong love for these guys. Like, right. I'm the one that came back and... Really build it. How, well, guys, what how was it going Mike? back on tour with Guy again when you guys linked back up and just were performing together? How did that go? It went amazing some days. Some days. In <laughs> <laughs> other days, you were being hated on. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Okay. It was just, I lived this. Mm. So when I get on that stage, I'm going to be everything and I'm going to give my all. And it's been certain days where we didn't get, we didn't give all. Right. As a 
collective team. Because if one mess up, mm-hmm. it's everybody. Gotcha. So we didn't give our all, especially when we was here. I don't know if y'all saw it. Mm-mm. We got here, started our program the show, and we started, and it got to a certain song, and people didn't, they didn't like it. What song was it? It was Aaron's song. Okay. And we don't started out. No. I miss you. You, uh, you just said it. Okay. When it happened, I was like, wow, I got to figure it out. Stop the song. Go to the jams. And everybody after the show said, I saved the show. Mm. I don't like that. I want it to be about God, mm. not about me. But it's about me for a certain reason because they went out by themselves without me. In fact, we did shows and they didn't want me to perform those shows with them. And I said, cool, I'll just perform with Blackstreet and do what I do. Mm-hmm. Friendly competition. And I did what I did and you can read about it. All right, we got more with Teddy Riley. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. The icon Teddy Riley's in the building. Charlemagne? So Michael Jackson. What was, what was Michael Jackson really like? Amazing. Mm-hmm. A big brother. A teacher. Mentor. It was just everything for me because I wanted to know everything about what he do and how he records. I want to... I wanted to go back to the traditional days of recording, and he showed me that. And um, I kind of stuck with him, you know, every album. He would call me for the history album. I came and did what I had to do and go back, and any time he called. Did it feel weird having to critique him ever and be like, "Uh, I don't know if this is it. Can you redo this part? Or It was hard for six months, Mm -hmm. you know, um, until he just kind of pulled my coat and said, listen, if I'm singing off key, I want you to tell me. I want you to not be afraid to tell me I suck. And when he did that, you know, it gave me confidence. And then one time he pulled my coat and said, you know, why you don't talk about us? Talk about us. I said, well, you had this big contract. (laughs) Non-disclosure. Right. 100, 200 pages. I said, I'm not talking about you. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, he started laughing. He said, you can. I want you to. I said, well, I don't even know if I'm going to make the album. He said, let me show you something. He started laughing again. Let me show you something. He showed me the master boy with all the songs. He said, the closest ones to the top are the ones that will make the album, are the ones that I love. And it was, remember the time, keep it in the closet, black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, she drives me wild. All these songs of mine. I couldn't wait to go and call my brother. <laughs> Teddy Riley didn't remember. The I couldn't wait to right. call my brother and say, yo, we made it. What made you close up shop in Virginia? Because, I mean, you had a huge studio down there. I, I, the first time I ever seen a plasma television was on your wall. Mm-hmm. And that's at the time when they were like 40,000 of plasma. You had a huge tour bus that every artist from every genre, pop, country wanted to rent out. Mm-hmm. And this was all stationed in Virginia. And then it was just like, you just closed shop. The reason why I left... It's because I was hated on by the officials, not the people. I love the people. I go to Virginia. I still have a spot in Virginia where I can go and lay my head. I feel like I was used. You know, a lot of the officials, you know, basically just wanted to utilize my likeness and not me as an official person in Virginia. So I felt like this is not the place for me. So I left. And um, I was also, how would I say, I was in a situation where someone... You know, shysted me, Chauncey, and a lot of people in Virginia. Over $50 million. I don't know if anybody's seen American Greed, but I'm on American Greed because there was a gentleman who actually 
took a lot from us. A lot of money from people, you know, retirement funds and all of that stuff. And he's in jail. He's doing about 33 years. Congratulations you know, to him. And, you know, congratulations to me because I ain't get my money back. No, I said to him. How oh, to him. Yeah, yeah he, he got what he deserved. He, how, much he, they, how much did they get? Well, for me, shoot, this, this guy was doing fake deeds and selling them to people. Wow. Meanwhile, I'm not making any of it because I wasn't a part of it. And when I found out that he was doing that, I lost my house because he was supposed to take care of, like, the deed, but he was selling my house over and over and over wow. again. And people were buying them. And then they're looking at Teddy Riley, not the guy who actually shysted them. Mm. So I had lawsuits against me. I said, you know what? I'm going to tell the truth. You know, so that's why I left. I, I just said, you know what? It's time for change, you know? At your height, how much was you making per beat? Because we was counting your pockets before you walked in, and we was trying to figure out how much did Teddy Teddy have at one point. Because I'm sure you... We were arguing between... you, Him and Scott. Somebody said Scott, Scott Storch. Somebody said Scott Storch. And I said, Teddy Riley, in my opinion, had more hits. And I had say the same way thing. more than Scott Storch. And then we started naming them We well, know you had more hits. That's not a... We know that. Money-wise. Money-wise, I gave it all away. When I left Gene, I think I left about maybe 20 to $30 million on the table because I just wanted to be away from him. Because when I found out from his right hand who left him and came back and showed me all the paperwork of monies that I really made, mm -hmm. I didn't even know that I was getting $200,000 to $250,000 a song. Because all he did was give me $10,000 a song or Jesus a remix. Christ. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. So, and Jesus I Christ. didn't control the bank accounts. Jesus Christ. He controlled them all. So when I came to New York to let my crew, Guy, Abstract, Tammy Lucas, Redhead Kingpin, mm -hmm. Rex and Effect, everybody, I came up to New York to let them know that I have to leave Gene. And like, what about us? I said, well, I am a partner. I can release you all from your contracts because I'm the one who gave you your deals. They were like, well, release me. Mm -hmm. And I released everybody. I gave everybody their releases. And um, I went back to Atlanta, and I was stuck at the airport with $20 in my pocket. He cut off all the credit cards and bank cards. So I couldn't get a flight to go home because I don't carry cash. I carry cards. So I was stuck at the airport, and I have to tell this story because uh, the girl who helped me was a part of Abstract. And she saved me, Marsha McClurkin. And she gave me a credit card because she was a part of a, she was like, I think, the vice president of a, a bank. And she gave me a platinum American Express. And I said, what are you giving me this for? This is a plastic card. What do we could do with this? How much, I, you know, she was like, you're going to need it. This was eight months before I left Gene. Now, that's a time where people could say, you know, because there's been a lot of stuff. Teddy Riley broke. Mm -hmm. That was the time. Mm. I was actually broke. But the news came later. Mm -hmm. So when it happened, um, she said, she said, give it to the clerk. I gave it to the clerk, and the clerk said, you have your first-class seat, Mr. Rowley. That's how I got on the plane to get my family out of Atlanta. And we moved back to the projects. And this then, is after all the hits, after all that. You moved back to the projects. Projects in Harlem? Mm -hmm. And then Keith Sweat, Harvey Austin, Benny Medina, Quincy Jones, and Clarence Avon gave me a whole new life. No later than, no longer than two weeks, I was back rolling. Wow. I and got my first job know? from uh, Keith Sweat. Keith was like, yo, I'm gonna give you this remix. I'm gonna pay you 15,000. 
that's more than $10,000, right? <laughs> wow. Then I get a call from Benny Medina. I get a call from Al Teller. We, we need you to come out to L.A. So I go out to L.A., Benny Medina called me, told me to come. I need you to remix this record. I'm in a hotel looking at the video on MTV, Don't Want to Fall in Love, The Rockway. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, if I had this song, I would kill this record. That was just my mind, even though I ain't had no money. Mm-hmm. And um, Jane Chow came. Benny Medina got me that job. I thought I was getting $10,000 for the remix. Benny Medina, he said, I'm going to send a check over to you. You know I'm I'm paying you. I said, nah, I don't know. I'm giving you $75,000. I need this remix in five days. I said, you got it. I went back to to New York. But I had a meeting with Al Taylor for Future Records. Mm -hmm. They gave me my my own label. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, who do you want to sign? I signed Rex and Effect first. Mm -hmm. And we did Rump Shaker. It was one person that gave me the confidence and confirmed that I needed to put this record out. And yeah. and that's my son's mom, Madeline Nelson. And she's the one that said, this record is done. And when she did that, I immediately hired her. And we was inseparable. We, we made so much money together. And she was the one that cur- encouraged me to go to Jack the Rapper and showcase Rump Shaker and not worry about MCA or anybody because we got to... We got to control our own destination. Mm-hmm. You got to do a book, man. Cause a, it, I'm sure it, you got to do a book, and then we got to do the movie. Because <laughs> been, how, long we, how long have we been talking to Teddy? Over an hour. Over an hour, and I could literally know I could talk to you for another hour. Absolutely. We didn't even talk about the Michael Jackson phone call. We didn't even get into Heavy D. Yeah, we did. We didn't even get into Black Street. Like, it's just... I'll come back. You, you know? got to come back, man. I, I don't oh, even know... It can't be eight years, though. You got to come back. The one thing is, I get my star... Hollywood, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Long of Congrats. Congratulations. Congratulations on that. And That's I, a nice I, class right there. I think we we shared life together. Mm-hmm. And I really want y'all to be there as my guests. I'd love to be We'd there. We'd love Hell to be yeah. there. Yeah, you got you to you you tell, you tell your story, man. Tell your story, man. Um, and I, and I, it has I, to be on TV. That's why I always celebrate you, and that's why I want to give you your flowers while you're here man, to smell I it, just want to say I appreciate y'all so much because you don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, but y'all do because, and I guess, it's, you know, I have, like I said, I have no hatred for anybody. So anything y'all do, I watch your show a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, every chance that I get because I want to know what's going on, what's happening. And to me, y'all have your hands on the pulse of things that's going on, you know. Well, we that's appreciate you for joining us. You a whole Man. legend, Teddy Riley. Y'all go Google I Teddy Riley. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, right. Do your own information on Teddy after this interview because it's a lot. It's Teddy Riley. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's very, 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 it's very, very big. Very, 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 very big. big. Pause. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, we told you about Terrence J and this car accident that happened, according to witnesses. They said that the car, a woman was driving. They thought it was Terrence J's longtime girlfriend, Jasmine Sanders, crashed into a parking meter and then slid into a tree early Tuesday morning. And then the two of them jumped out of the car and ran. It was a $200,000 black McLaren. And now... $300,000, by the way. Well, they're reporting it as a $200,000 one. Don't know I don't know why. They probably ain't had the kit. I don't know. Did they come with kits? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about them expensive basketballs. Now, Jasmine Sanders took to her 
page on Instagram and said, I don't know where to begin. Despite what you guys may have heard, I was not involved in a car accident yesterday. I genuinely enjoy sharing my life with you all via social media. However, it is very difficult to see such false portrayal about myself in the media. I really appreciate everyone who has reached out for your concern and support. I'm going to take a few days off of social media while I continue to work and stay focused. I love you guys. So if it wasn't her, we don't know who it was. Mm. But I guess she's trying to say that because her comments were in shambles. I went to her page just to see if she was even in the United States at the time that it happened or in town. So who was the woman? We don't know. Was it Becky with the good hair? Huh? She's back out here causing problems? Y'all stop it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, you know, her reps had already said it wasn't her in the car, and she has now said that it was not her. So I'm sure whatever issues are going on, the two of them are going to have to deal with that. But fortunately, everybody's okay because it did look like an awful accident. The car ain't got no airbags either. I ain't seen no airbags deployed in that. car uh, definitely has airbags. No, I ain't seen none deployed in that picture. How could you even see that? What do you mean? I'm looking right at the picture. You can't see it. It would be a big-ass airbag in the front window. Oh, I can't tell from that well, picture. Well, if that's not the case, then he has a great lawsuit. All right. Uh, Takashi 69 he is possibly about to get locked up. You know why? He was due in court yesterday and did not show up. He was supposed to be in court, failed to appear. The judge told his attorney, counselor, if your client is not here on Tuesday, there will be a bench warrant. So they're saying that he was in Dubai, the Netherlands, and that he was trying to come back, but I guess he just didn't make it back yet. But you can't just miss court. Now, come on. Mm-mm. Now, Mike Will made it is going to be executive producing the Creed 2 soundtrack. So that's huge. Congratulations to him uh, for that. He said, won't deliver anything but a classic. Who do y'all want to hear on the soundtrack? Leave comments below. They got to uh, make sure they make I'm a, it up I'm going to I'm a, I'm a watch Creed 2 because I really enjoyed Creed 1, but uh, I don't have high hopes for Creed 2 because Ryan Coogler didn't do it. And they did the most predictable plot, which is him fighting the Russian. Okay. Who would you want to hear on this soundtrack? Because Mike Will wants some suggestions. I don't know. <laughs> on a Creed 2 soundtrack, I mean, what's going to make you want to fight? Like Meek Mill with a energy. lot of energy. Okay, Meek Mill's good. I think uh, Future with a lot of energy. I even think Takashi 69 a lot of energy. Kirk Casanova. Franklin. <laughs> Kirk Franklin was definitely who I would want on this um, album. Casanova. Kirk Franklin, Mary Mary. That's who I want on this album. All right, now let's, Walker. let's talk about Pusha T. He did an interview, and he was talking about... Uh, you know, everything that went down with him doing his album that only has seven songs in it that Kanye pushed him to do, here's what he had to say about that. What really sold me, because he knows I'm so anti. Like, the idea of everybody putting, like, 25 tracks on an album, like, to get the streams up and all of that, it's like, it's such a poverty, poverty way of, like, cheating to me. So I was like, you know what? You're right. We need to be totally against everything and we need to do, just have a whole nother mantra in regard to what we're doing in this in this wave. And um, he sold me on it. I mean, we acting like less is more hasn't always been the best way, though. I mean, you think of some of the most classic albums ever, it's like nine, ten songs. Nas, Illmatic, you know, uh, Michael Jackson's first two albums, Off the Wall and Thriller. Like, the shorter the better. Right, and he's also saying that people are doing that just to get more streams. And he said 25 songs in particular. Scorpion had 25 songs in it, which was Drake's album. I can't think of too many songs, albums that had 25 songs that were actually really good albums from top to bottom. Notorious Big Life After Death. I was going to say B.I.G., that Life After Death album. What about Tupac? No, not all not, not, not all of them, no. You talking about All Eyes On Me? Yeah, you don't think that was good? It was good. But all I'm, talking like, was good. I'm talking about every song top to bottom. Well, I don't think any album, period. I can't think of many albums that every song top to bottom. I can't think of one Life song on that Notorious B.I.G. 
that 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 album. I, I hate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's that's not the one song on that. that album. There's got to be a couple songs that you're like, this is my favorite. Hell no, I love every song on that on that album. Gives right. me different moves. All right, now he also goes on uh, to talk about Drake and how he doesn't think that Drake is built for rap beef. It's funny because people will they'll play with the whole battle notion in their raps. They'll say slick things. They'll do this. They'll say this. They'll say that. But then when it comes, it's, oh, it's too far. Oh, you can't do this. Ah, I'm going to write a whole dissertation about why this wasn't supposed to be. It's not, it's not even fun at this point. I think you have to be really careful. Mm. He's right. He's 100% right. Because we're supposed to be battle rapping. And then it's just like in a fight. Right. You know what I'm saying? You slap me and then I, I, I drag you all up and down the street and everybody say I did too much. Like, no. I agree. That's, it's just battle, battle rap. Can you really go too far in battle rap? No. Hmm. I mean, you can, but I mean, it's battle no, rap. Not, the person's yeah. supposed to. Not when it's battle rap. I don't when think you should be talking about, people's, you, I don't think you talking about people's kids. I don't think you should be, but if you enter that realm, if you enter that realm, you got to know what to, to expect. That's it. You got to deal with all the consequences that come with those actions. I do think it's too far, but if you jump into that, that Remember ring. Remember when Jay-Z had to apologize for what he said about Nas? Yep. Because it, it was a little too far. All right, well, I'm Angela yep. Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Missy. Charlamagne. Yes. Who are you giving that donkey to? Listen, man, uh, this donkey is coming from my home state of South Carolina. Speaking of uh, going too far, when the last time you shot somebody, and what did you shoot them over? Huh? I never have. We'll talk about it for after the hour. My goodness. All right, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, ask Charlamagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed up. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. Now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Yes, Donkey today for Thursday, October 11th goes to a 19-year-old young man named Ryan Langdale. Uh, Ryan is from uh, my home, the great state of South Carolina. Drop on the clues, bombs from South Carolina, damn it. All right, now Ryan is facing charges of attempted murder, using a firearm to violent crime, and obstructing justice in the critical wounding of his 17-year-old cousin. Uh, Ryan, 19 years old, clapped his 17-year-old cousin. Now, I want to explain the obstruction of justice charge first. See, Ryan first told deputies that his cousin had accidentally shot himself by dropping a hunting rifle while cleaning it. Now, the cousin confirmed it in a brief statement after being rushed into life-saving surgery, but the deputies didn't think the evidence lined up to their story. Now, sheriff's deputies said they knew from the beginning that something wasn't right. They said the pathway the bullet had taken through the victim's chest was impossible if the victim had mistakenly shot himself. And guess what? The professionals in this situation, a.k.a. the police, were absolutely correct. Would you like to know what happened to Ryan's cousin for real? Well, when Ryan's cousin woke up a week later after being critically wounded, he told investigators... Potato chips were at the center mm-hmm. of a dispute that prompted Ryan to purposefully shoot him. What now, flavor? Now, I, I'm going to get there. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's what I know that's, that is what matters. I know that's what everybody's mm-hmm. thinking. Ryan it shot his cousin over thing, some though. potato chips. All right? Before we jump to any judgments, before we rush to any judgments, we have to find out what kind of chips they were. Mm-hmm. Okay? Original Lay's? Nah. Nobody going to shoot you over no classic Original Lay's. What about barbecue? No. I love barbecue, though. No, I'm saying no. you could get clapped over some barbecue no, chips, depending so. on your taste buds. Sour cream and onion, maybe. Cheddar and sour cream, you think? Nah. Decent? Nah. Decent? Nah. I'll shoot you over some jalapeno ones, though. I love jalapeno mm. chips. Spicy. What about salt and vinegar? Ones. 
Yeah, get some mouth-watering. Yeah, so ding, 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 ding. Salt and vinegar chips are my favorite potato chip, okay? Not even close, but never in my life have I seen a shortage of salt and vinegar chips, okay? Ryan, all you had to do was go to the stove, all right? If you got money for bullets to shoot your cousin, then you got a few coins to buy some salt and vinegar potato chips. Now, when Ryan came clean and told the real story, he said he told his cousin, do not touch my chips or I'll shoot you. Ryan went into his back room and fetched his rifle. You know, in South Carolina, a white man not going to get his gun. He's going to fetch his gun. All right? The next thing Ryan knew, the rifle went off, and his cousin was critically wounded over some salt and vinegar potato chips. True story. Now, I know this sounds like crackhead behavior. If this sounds like somebody addicted to drugs, it's a reason for that. Uh, I was recently talking to our guy, Dr. Oz, and for whatever reason, we started talking about salt and vinegar potato chips. And Dr. Oz had this to say. Let's throw to that combo. I love salt and vinegar potato chips. Well, you, that's, you, that is a mouthfeel that they create for you. So mm-hmm. that, that is chemically designed to get you, Charlemagne, to absolutely adore and fall in love with those chips like you did that dummy earlier. It, but there's a reason you <laughs> love it. It's chemically designed to addict you mm-hmm. and hit your brain some of these foods like crack cocaine. So basically, Ryan is a crackhead. What dummy did you fall in love with? That's another story. What's his name? That's the real question. That's another story for another day. Okay, all right. Another story for another day. But uh, basically, Ryan is a crackhead, which explains this crackish behavior. Okay, now there's a lot of things someone should be shot over, but never in the history of anyone's life until now has somebody been shot over some potato chips. Now, KRS-One, the legend, once said that people are steady packing a gat as if something's going to happen, but it doesn't. They wind up shooting their cousin. They bugging. Yes, Ryan was bugging. And bugging is actually an understatement because when Ryan is sitting in prison after being sentenced to about 10 to 15 at 19 years old, at some point, he's going to have an emotional breakdown. And he's going to have an emotional mental breakdown because it's going to be when he goes to the commissary to buy some salt and vinegar potato chips and he bites into one and starts crying because he realized that he made a permanent decision based off temporary feelings. In this case, he made a permanent decision based off temporary cravings. Please let Remy Ma give Ryan Langendale the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker. you dumb. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you for that donkey today. Up next is Ask Yee. And before we get into that, um, if you want to see the dummy who Charlemagne fell in love with, I did just post a picture of the two of them looking very much in love together. Really? What's his name? <laughs> uh, you got to see. Okay. If you go to my Instagram. All right. Well, 800-585-1051. Ask Yee is next. Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, what up? This is Lawrence from Detroit. What up, Doe? What's your question for you, bro? All right, so I I do massage therapy and everything. You know, I've been with my girl for about uh, two years, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, I love my girl and everything. But I kind of miss being a little hoe. I'm not going to sing her a lot to you. So you miss hoeing. But, okay. But I love her. You feel me? And the, the career path that I'm choosing is, like, making it, like, ten times harder for me because when I, um, when I, you know, hand out my card and everything, you know, I got, I got tattoos, you know, face tattoos, piercings, all that stuff. I look good. I mean, you know, you know, a nice little body, you know what I'm saying? And when, uh, I, uh, you know, hand out my card, you know what I'm saying, it's like, and then they got they got my number on there, my personal number. So girls be so, trying to holler at you. Yeah, they be trying to. They, I swear they be throwing it like throwing it, throwing it. And like sometimes you know it, it's hard. You know. What of I mean? course it's hard being in a relationship. If you know, and I'm sure it's hard for her too, because I'm sure men is throwing their penis at her as well. Yeah, yeah, true. 
So being in a relationship is always a sacrifice. And guess what? Whenever you're in a relationship, at times you wonder what it's like to be single. And when you're single, at times you wish you were in a relationship. The grass is always greener on the other side. But what you have to uh, weigh out is the pros and cons. Imagine if you did something, would you mind uh, if you had to risk losing your relationship? over somebody else. Sometimes when I think about it, it's like I wouldn't mind losing a relationship because, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm a veteran. I get paid from the, you know, from the military and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Sometimes I be feeling like, you know, more money for me. You know, I know it sounds selfish Damn. and everything. <laughs> I, it sounds selfish. Like, it sounds very selfish, but, you know, that's like, that's like how I feel. You know, I'm also afraid to have children because that's like, more money out of my pocket. You know, honestly, I, I'm a selfish being. I know I shouldn't be. But, like, that's how I am. You feel me? But I love her to death. Like, I love her to death and that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But... It- it sounds like there's some fear that you have about uh, losing your money and, and investing in other things because when you're in a relationship, it's an investment on both ends. And you guys should both be bringing something to the table because when you're with somebody, it's supposed to make you better also. Right. She, she works, but she only works like two days out the week. And guess what? You know what else, too? Not being in a relationship is probably more expensive when you have to spend money dating and doing all those things. Who said I was going to date? Oh, so you're just going to sleep with people. I mean, <laughs> listen, if you're feeling so strongly about this, I don't, I just want to make sure that you're fair to her. If you really feel like you don't want to be in a relationship and you want to sleep with somebody else, then you need to let her know. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the hard part because I don't, I just don't want to break her heart because she is such a gentle and like loving creature and like. I cheated before, and I told her about it, and she stuck by my side, you know? Yeah, but guess what's going to break her heart even more when you cheat on her and she finds out that you did it again? Oh, you give her chlamydia because it's something you caught from somebody else. These conversations, your honesty is worth, you know, having a conversation with her if you really care about her and love her. Don't string her along. Okay, Angela. I appreciate you. You should be Angela the goddess. (laughs) <laughs> All right, take care. Good luck, man. Just be honest, man. That's the big, biggest thing that you could do in a relationship. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Why is the whole laugh so universal? As soon as you catch a man in a situation where he know he with more than one girl, he always go, <laughs> it's always three chuckles. <laughs> that whole laugh is so universal. I heard you do it. <laughs> See? You ain't never hear me do that. <laughs> <laughs> Ask ye. That was the super whole laugh he just did. <laughs> now that's the gonorrhea laugh. I ain't never had gonorrhea. I never had FTD. 800-585-1051. Ask ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Now, before we go to the phone lines... Yeah, you got an update of a caller that called a couple of months ago? Yes. I don't think it was that long ago. It was actually last month. Okay. And she called in because her sister needed some advice. Here's what she had to say. My sister, she actually has two-year-old twins, and then she got pregnant right after she had the twins. Um, So she has a one-year-old, too. In a nutshell, her husband left her. Um, He took her car and, you know, stranded her. But before that, he was just a terrible human being. So it's a good thing that he left. Right. But now she's been struggling. She's already, you know, um, she already put in her application for, you know, like food stamps and stuff because she's living with my grandma. She can't afford daycare because it's she a has lot. three yeah. that are under two. Right. But then she finally got a job offer because she has a criminal justice degree. But she's still on the waiting list for child care resources. So they asked, could she start, you know, within the next week or so but now she has to turn down the first job offer that she got so she feels like she can never get a leg up and i can't afford 
you know, to put them through childcare or we don't have anyone that can. Well, I did follow up with her and her sister after that, and I sent them a lot of information that our listeners, that's you guys, were sending in that have been in similar situations or were in positions to help. Uh, now her sister has responded and say, hey, I just want to give you an update on my sister. She was able to start her job and get her kids in child care for the time being. She also is benefiting from some of the people who reached out after hearing her story on your show. The hard part is still not over and we have a long way to go, but we are definitely celebrating a victory here. Thanks so much for your advice. And if you can please thank everyone who reached out to help. It was really amazing. It really does take a village. So thank you to everybody who hit me up. I passed your messages on to her and I know she took a lot of advice that she got so that's very fortunate again it's uh, something like that that can help her actually provide for her kids be able to work and keep this battle going so she can make sure that she's the best mom she can be all right now let's go to the phone lines 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice hello who's this good morning how y'all doing we good man what's your question for you all right so basically my wife and i have been together for like four or five years okay married mm-hmm. and um she doesn't work anything. I'll take care of everything. But she's been saying, like, she feels bad because she can't get me nothing for Christmas and all this other stuff. But she doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So how can I come up with some creative way to, like, get her some money without her thinking, like, all right, you can just take this. and. But she do does work, right? She works in the house. She does things. She holds it down. Oh, yeah, of course. And she takes care of my daughter and, you know, all of that. So which put is, it in her pocket. Yeah, which is work. Um, do you guys have a joint bank account? Uh, Yes. Okay, so can she take from that account to get you whatever it is? And what I would suggest you do, because she does work, um, maybe there's some. she has her own separate account as well that you deposit money into because she is working. She's taking care of your daughter. She's taking care of the house. It's just not a go out and have a job outside of the home type of thing, but she is working. Nah, I would never do it. You would never what, give her money? Nah, can't stay at home all day. And t- I can't do it. It's too hard. Wait, you wouldn't give her yeah. money to no, stay? No, no, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't stay at home and work. It's oh, too okay. hard for him. Right. So, yeah. yeah. No, I'd rather, I can't, I can't take care of the baby all day. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. A, it's a lot of work. And so maybe that's a discussion that you have with her, like a kind of a, you know what, you stay home, you take care of our daughter, you take care of the household. You should be getting paid for that because that, that is a job. Okay. So that all she right. can always feel good about having her own money in the bank and her own money to spend that she doesn't have to ask you for it. No, yeah. I mean, she, we got money in the account. It's just mm-hmm. that I guess she feels weird about like just using it for me I guess if it's not Because she feels like it's your money. Listen, it's both of y'all money together, and that's money that she earned, too, and you need to let her know that all the money that you earn is half hers because you couldn't do what you do without her. For sure. So your money is half her, like both of y'all, that your money is your money together. I got you. All right. Appreciate it. All right, no problem. All right, E, great advice. Now, we got rumors on the way? Yes, let's talk about Yo Gotti. His road manager and vice president of his collective music group has just been sentenced. We'll tell you what that's for and how long he has to go to jail for. All right, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to these rumors. Let's talk Yo Gotti. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, according to reports, Yo Gotti's road manager and vice president of Collective Music Group, Howard Keon Wright, has reportedly pleaded guilty to multiple charges, and that's from that 2016 shooting that happened in Charlotte, North Carolina, during CIAA weekend that also involved Young Dolph. Now, Keon Wright admitted he sprayed a Sprinter van, an SUV, in a Hyatt hotel lobby with bullets and was possibly targeting Young Dolph, who was in town that weekend for a concert. Why would he admit to that? 
Probably on video. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. But he has been sentenced to 10 to 14 years. That's why. No, he's currently in custody at a county jail. He was supposed to start his trial along with two co-defendants this week, but instead he took the guilty plea. Uh, Kevin Thompson also copped to several gun charges, and Derek Bolton took his case to trial and was found not guilty. Really? According to the DA's office, Mm -hmm. Howard Keon Wright pleaded guilty to five counts of discharging a firearm into occupied property, discharging a firearm into an occupied vehicle in operation, conspiracy to discharge a firearm into an occupied dwelling, eight counts of discharging a firearm into an occupied dwelling, and a misdemeanor carrying a concealed gun. So if one of his mans beat it, I wonder why he feel like he couldn't beat it. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I have no idea, but um, he's currently in custody at a county jail. So if he did, what, 10 to 14, he might have to do a five years? Maybe he didn't feel like he could beat it if he Why would he only have to do five years from 10 to 14? Well, usually, if it's the minimum, they usually do half of your time, right? I have no or good idea. behavior? I don't know that much about this. I'm not going to lie. Okay, just ask <laughs> All right, quality control. Uh, somebody had stolen a car that uh, their engineer actually had two hard drives in the car. So they didn't really care about getting the car back, but they wanted to make sure they got the two stolen hard drives back, right? So the CEO, P, actually went online. He said, attention, Atlanta, whoever just jumped in the Dodge Journey and stole the car at the Chevron on Northside Drive, that was my engineer's car with an important hard drive in it. I know you're just doing what you do. I'm not knocking your hustle because I used to steal cars in the 90s. I have 20K cash money for the hard drive back. And guess what? They got the hard drives back. That shows what kind of solid person P is, man. Drop one of the clues bombs for P. Because P's not judging the individual because P used to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So P's like, look, I know this guy's probably not a bad person. He's just trying to eat. Matter of fact, you can keep the car. Just give me the hard drive. <laughs> and I'm going to give you 20000 for your Do trouble. you. Do your thing, And I'm going to give you 20000 for your You trouble. got a car and 20K. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt you let him keep the car, though. But either way, he, he still said, put. He, he still, said, "I don't care about the car." Yeah, he still put a reward out for the hard drive, but that just shows what type of person he is because he used to do the same thing, so he didn't cast any judgment. He just said, "Look, I just need this back." Just give me the hard the drive back. Bro. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right, I get it. And he got it back, so that's the most important thing. I guess they had some unreleased tracks, some like little Yachty on there, little baby. Who knows what was on there? All right, LeBron. He says, and. I believe that he was joking, but some people think maybe he was serious. I don't know. But he says his sons are so mature that he actually will let them drink wine. Check it out. No, not really. Because the same thing that they listen to is the same thing my 14-year-old listens to. So I get it all at home with my 14 and my 11-year-old. So What, what does that say about them? That yeah, doesn't say anything. It's just the time, that's all. Uh, I got very mature 14 and 11-year-olds. There you go. Yeah. My 14, 11 year olds drink wine. That's how mature they are. Impressive. They'd be driving next week, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was joking. Put on mom. Wait a minute. Some I think people he was, he was serious. Now, the reason he was answering that question was because they were talking about the cultural divide, what music they listen to in the locker room, and he was saying his teammates listen to the same music that his kids listen to. I saw a headline yesterday that Mad put out saying that they need to talk about underage drinking because of LeBron's comments. He was clearly joking. Right, Absolute I'm like, joke. I don't know who thought like this he was, was He was clearly being sarcastic. Did like, he really re- put out a statement? Yes, I saw it yesterday because I was—I didn't read the article. But I was just like, I just saw the, I saw Mad put out a statement. I'm like, yo, they're clearly reaching for a Absolutely. headline. He was clearly joking just now. But oh, yeah, pa- I see that on USA Today. I mean, my father did let me sit. They said we still have a long way to go to educate parents about the dangers of underage drinking. I'm sure that most parents let you they just take a little sip. I sip Tineken. Yeah, you know. my father would let me drink a Bud. He let me get a sip of Budweiser. Sip, yeah, my absolutely. parents let me drink whole margaritas. Oh. They ain't love Shout me. Shout out to mom and dad. <laughs> they, they, didn't, they didn't take her to Disney World, so yeah. they got to keep her entertained. So yeah. I'm saying, they, they ain't love me. You know? Amaretto Sours. 
All right, that's I'm crazy. Angela Yee, and that's her? your room. Yeah, Amaretta sound got alcohol in it. Amaretto's... <laughs> Don't they got virgin margaritas? Yeah, they do. I didn't have virgin ones, though. How old were you? Like eight. Oh, they don't love you. No, I'm kidding. I was a little older than that. You might be able to get some charges on them right now. Like the way they pulling up retroactive charges now. (laughs) Get get Papa Yee for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. All right. Well, shout to Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else's time. Let's do it. Teddy Riley time. All right, Teddy Riley was here earlier. Mm -hmm. Now, let me know your favorite Teddy Riley Mm -hmm. joint, something he produced, he wrote, he sang on. Let's get into it right now. New Jack Swing, baby. One of the greatest eras in uh, music history. Let's do it. At DJ Envy. Let's go.